Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. Yeah, if no, if no one else did, I'll Go ahead. fill the time. Go ahead. Um, so trap bar versus like a squat. Um, I guess what, what I'm thinking about is one of our female teams here. Like if you were to just like line them up and pick out like the narrowest and tiniest of narrows. Um, pretty much most of them have some back pain complaint and their in-season program is pretty trap bar heavy. Sweet. Um, I believe I have you on record, but I won't hold you to it, that you're saying you'd almost like never trap bar a narrow um, with the, like the fear of belonging the middle propulsive phase too much. Um, Go ahead. I pause or go ahead. So I, I was just I was just trying to think about like because we can obviously squat narrows without necessarily if done correctly prolonging that middle propulsive phase too much. But I'm trying to think about like truly what is the difference? Like obviously I know with the trap bar I'm starting from the floor from a dead stop, whereas with the squat I'm like I have some tension coming down before I come yeah. up. But I was like hoping you could just kind of hash that out for me because I guess like if I were to just look at it purely from like a joint angle standpoint. Yes. could probably get someone to hit pretty similar positions if you just look like at each from the bottom up. Um, uh -huh. But I'm trying to figure out like what what's truly differentiating the squat and what can I manipulate to make that a more acceptable and a better exercise for these narrows. Okay. Have you ever seen a rocket take off? I have. Okay. So it's at a dead stop, right? Massive explosion out the bottom of the rocket. What happens? It slowly starts to speed up. Nothing happens. It doesn't go anywhere until the 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 force going out of the rocket overcomes the inertia. Right? There's your difference okay. between pulling something off the floor and starting a squat at the top and going down. So as I go down, okay, I am moving into a position of earlier propulsion am i not you are and therefore i have connective tissue behavior that is storing energy that will allow me to um to turn and go in the other direction as i release that that connective tissue behavior to produce the the energy upward right so if we were to do a, like a a pause squat variation and narrow would almost do the same thing as a trap bar Love what you're thinking. Love what you're thinking. Because so if I sit down on a box, right, I yield a lot. I'm going to dissipate some of that energy, right, depending on how long I'm on the box. So if I did like a five count stop on a box, it's going to be a lot like pulling weight off the floor, right? Yeah. So, it, so it's, it's giving up the energy storage in the connective tissue. So to just like, if I wanted to say it like, cleanly simply and attribute to one thing like the connected tissue behavior aspect is the big differentiator of why like what's going to allow the narrow to do that a little bit more effectively uh think about energy going upwards okay mm -hmm. so how do you put how do you put tension overcoming tension on connective tissues that that were static prior to the pull that means i have to go ah, even harder to create the tension on the connective tissues 
to allow that to go because I don't have the I don't have the expanded representation and then and then the compressed representation. I have to literally produce that within the structure itself. It's like I have to tight I have okay. to I have to actively contract a muscle to pull the connector tissues into an energy storing and then release it all at once. There's it's much more effortful to do so. And you can feel it. All you got to do is pull something off the floor and do a squat. And you go, oh, the, the squat was just much easier because you could store and release. It's this, this natural expansion compression, right? Now, if I have to increase the degree of effort to overcome the inertia, and I'm a narrow ISA, okay? In what direction am I squeezing and pushing pressure inward. Ian, feel free to share. Downward. Downward. I have to put pressure down against it so I can put pressure up against it. So I'm squeezing. So if the, if the pressure downward is, is great, I am sticking that person into the ground for a longer period of time than I would prefer. That's that's the problem. So maybe their trap bar deadlift numbers go up, but the duration that is required for them to apply the force to actually make the weight room numbers go up increases the duration of their application of force into the ground. I've just made somebody slower, right? Because I took them outside of where they apply internal rotation to the greatest degree in the shortest period of time. So it doesn't, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. it doesn't mean that you would never trap bar deadlift and narrow. It just means you better pay attention to what you're doing and then the desired outcome. If it's just chasing weight room numbers and you have no other performance measure to worry about, to your, heart's, content, to your heart's content. Um, but but now but now think about think about some positioning, think about timing, right? Um, you know, if if you can uh, modulate the the load to where they can lift um in a in a reasonable time frame right and you say i'm keeping you on a time constraint right um you ever do a top down deadlift yes yeah so you take them out of the rack like like you you put the bar in the rack you take them out of the rack they start the deadlift from the top they go down and they come back up so it looks more like a like a squat type of behavior yeah right but you I was, keep them I was also thinking go ahead sorry you go well you, you keep on time constraint so so you say you always have to lift within this time frame right this would be where um a, a gadget that might might be helpful is like a gym aware kind of a thing where it's giving you a velocity but it's but it's tracking the time it's like i always want you to lift within this this window of time we can increase the load as much as we can, as long as you don't exceed that time, right? Let's uh, just say- How are you determining that time? Uh, performance. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. There's that, I just, that, that, that's a time that's passed out over months and months and months. So you can make a, a guess, but it's- Well, okay. So if you have a vertical jump, okay? And if you, can, if you can do it on a force plate or a jump mat or something like that, where you have like a ground contact, time like how long are they pushing into the ground yeah right 
and you and you find the sweet spot where they get best performance with the with the shortest duration of time and then that becomes your kpi good morning happy friday i have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect well that's really good all right, happy Friday. Uh, for those of you on the two-week sprint, this is your rest and recovery weekend. Make sure you are on track with all your processes um, and working toward your intentions. Uh, digging into today's Q&A. Uh, this is with Cameron. <clears throat> this seems to be like foot week. We had a bunch of discussions on, on, on feet this week. A lot of stuff came up in, in regards to um, foot positions and strategies. The, the, uh, this weekend's uh, email is going to be a little bit about foot positioning as well. But in this discussion with Cameron, uh, we, we started talking about uh, feet earlier in this call. So we had two representations of athletes, one with a low arch foot, one with a high arch foot. And the thing we want to recognize here is that this is not a, a judgment on what is good or what is bad. It is just a representation of what behavior is, is being represented in context. And if you go to the YouTube channel and you look at some of the, the videos in regards to feet, we've talked about this before where we actually may see a foot that uh, is, is in a low arched position that actually provides a performance related advantage. And so what we're looking at is we're looking at, okay, what is this behavior in context and how does that influence the, the behaviors? So again, don't make a judgment on good or bad, it's just what is, and this will help you to identify what strategies are in play, help you make better decisions as to how you wanna make progress with this individual. So looking at an arch with a low foot, I think the, the, the discussions with it, oh, this is a bad situation. This is too much of something rather than looking at it and say, okay, what is this actually representing? And then the why. So thank you, Cameron, for your question. Truly appreciate your, your willingness to struggle um, as we go through this stuff. Um, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. This is how we learn. So again, thank you. Everybody have an outstanding weekend. Podcast will be up on Sunday. Get to the YouTube channel and subscribe, and I'll see you next week. So I guess my my question is trying to thinking about if something's expanding, like the, the general nature of something expanding, uh, which I guess in my head I always think of that as sort of like a like a, a narrow ISA person that their nature is they're like trying to like do this, but we have to do something to counteract that to remain a closed container to try to like. Mm -hmm. we have to try we're trying to actively compress ourselves so that we don't just get like ripped apart yeah get get spaghettified i believe is the appropriate term spaghettis like if you were really close to a black hole you would you would be spaghettified like you like, get pulled like, into a string like of spaghetti yeah and oh, ripped I see. Apart. so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like this situation all right mm -hmm. So no, because I, the I gravity, so the, the so the gradient of gravity would be denser. Like if you were laying flat and your feet were closer to the black hole, your feet would get elongated first. It's like uh, it's like watching uh, Wiley Coyote on Bugs Bunny Roadrunner when they chop off the cliff and his body goes down, his neck gets really long, but his head stays and then it snaps down. It'd be like that. For those of you that are sorry, what happens with <laughs> Right. And that's sort of like what happens with the neural tension, right? Like a, it's almost like yeah. the nerve moved towards yeah. the, the black yeah. hole. Uh -huh. So like in, in that case, so if that would be sort of the starting conditions is like wides are being compressed and they are trying to not be 
a flanking situation <laughs> just into oblivion being squished in so if we're like but if we're looking at like just from today's call like there's situations where i mean i don't know if zach's face i i guess it seemed like she would have been one the wide spectrum but she uh -huh. was her the what she ended up using for a what looked like at the foot and the lower leg is it looks like she was using like a compressive and even further compressive force into the ground and just the opposite with greg's where she's like more of a narrow pylon but she's actually trying to further rip herself off from the ground mm -hmm. so i i guess maybe this is a question but it's like and maybe i'm trying to oversimplify this too much like how did somebody that's naturally trying to be compressed end up using a strategy where they're further compressing okay so if if i jump on your back yeah all right what is your response you have two you have two options okay you collapse under my load right yeah or you push back against me yeah okay so yeah. are you lifting up or are you pushing into the ground let's say I, let's say i oh wait are my i guess i'm pushing into the ground yeah yeah okay so what does pushing into the ground look like? ER, IR? Then IR. So shouldn't I have an IR representation? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So where where would the IR show up? It's where it's, it's the answer would be where you have access to it, right? Okay. Did, who had the bigger IR space? The the girl with the ACL or or the girl with the the Achilles thing? Who who had more IR space? Yes. Sir. Uh, the the girl with the ACL. The ACL. Yeah. 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 Lower foot, right? So she's yeah. in that middle space pushing up to try to save her life, so to speak, right? Sounds like a lot of other like narrows that we'll see is they'll they'll often end up in that yeah situation as well yeah so they they they're also just choosing to push into the ground yeah okay but, but it's so think about this how much time does it take to go from back to front through the foot yeah. I don't know like not much. Well, but you can tell by looking at their feet. Okay. The length of their foot, the length of their foot is the time that it takes them to go from back to front, correct? Yeah. Okay. So wherever the IR is applied, that's the slowest part. If okay. you have an hang on if you have an ir bend in a calcaneus yeah 
what would that mean in regards to the amount of time you're spending in that space on the calcaneus? So in the rear foot, just the rear foot. So break the foot into three pieces. Okay. Rear foot goes into IR and stays in IR. If, if you scooted across that really, really fast, there would be no shape change, right? There's no time to deform it, okay? If I have a rear foot that's in ER and I have a bunion, uh -huh. where's the IR? A bunion. Yeah, so they scooted all the way across the foot. So they went from back to front really, really fast. And then they hit the, they hit the forefoot and they go, slow down, mm. okay? And then that's where the iterative changes would be seen upwards. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. You get it's it? cool for now until I have another headache about that. But yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Okay, but 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 so you know you have to you, know, you have to appreciate the shape. Right, yeah. the shape is going to tell you that that's the ER to IR representation, and then so so you're going to figure out it's like oh um, I have a so, so there's going to be there's going to be feet that don't show you any internal rotation as far as the shape is concerned, right? Right, which means you're going to have a ton of IR somewhere else to keep them inside of their base of support. Oh, oh gosh, you get it. Yeah, all right. That makes more sense with a lot of my patients than I look at their foot and I'm like, I, I don't understand why I'm, they're as limited as they are, but because they're, I don't know, their foot's not like pointing it way out on me, but yet they are on their table measurements or when they move. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, these are just elements of this. This is why we talk about space time because. They're, they're literally moving across their foot at a rate, right? Yeah, and IR is just a slower point in time. I feel like my my some of my light bulb moments have gotten subdued because I realized there's just going to be another point of being compressed and in pain of thinking about something. So <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. okay. That, you know what, if it's not uncomfortable, you're not making any progress, right? Because things that are comfortable, you already know, you're already good with, right? And then, you know, you hope that you never get to the point where everything is like easy and comfortable, unless you're a, a heart transplant surgeon and then you want everything to be easy and comfortable, right? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. A very busy Tuesday coming up. We're going to dig straight into today's QA. Uh, this is with Matt. Matt is working with a 400 meter hurdler, very high level, um, Olympic, Olympic caliber um, sprinter here um, with an injury history. Um, so we actually break down a little bit of of positional stuff, a little bit of performance stuff. So we actually have some video here of, of her doing an acceleration where we can make a comparison from side to side as to why she may be having um, some one-sided issues. So she's got a history, I believe, of hamstring strains 
on the left side. Um, one of the things that we want to be particular about when we're talking about performance, performance and rehab, not the same thing in regards to um, what we're going to be chasing most often. We have, we have management issues when we're talking about performance because we know that we're going to have situations where a reduction in relative motion is going to actually enhance performance. And so again, as I would always say, it's a management strategy. We have to decide how much of what that we want to give up. There's always a trade-off here. So if we're going to get performance, we have to have high force production. If we have too much relative motion at high force production, we get a dissipation of that force. So we actually reduce their performance. Whereas in a rehab situation, Situation where we're dealing with people in pain, we want to try to maximize those relative motions so we can allow the system to sort of figure out how to um, rebuild that performance as we train them up to their level of performance again. So this is a great question for a lot of people that deal with athletes. So thank you, Matt. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday. I will see you tomorrow. Um. I just wanted to have a bit of a chat about uh, uh, that 400 metre hurdler that I posted on iFast, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, are we allowed to show that? Yes. So, yep, so her face and the whole thing, we're okay. Yep. She's fine. She uh, she said we you can, can use. We can show the world, or or we just want to keep this the in the world. Group. Really? No, she said you can show the world. Yep. 100%. All right. She's going to get famous here uh, uh, yeah. pretty, pretty quick here. Hang on a second. It's going to take me a second to bring uh, it up. <clears throat> Go ahead. If she, stops, if she stops tearing her hamstrings, she'll uh, she'll be more than happy with that as a, uh, as a byproduct of it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, um, she's, uh, she's got a series of, of repetitive sort of, I guess, a bit of a history of injuries down the down the left leg, um, mm -hmm. 400 meter hurdler. She's uh, quite good. She's represented Australia a number of times um, and has missed out on the last two Olympic trials as a, as a result of, of these uh, reoccurring hamstring strains. Um, so uh, she's one of the coaches at our gym and, and she's, she hasn't had much luck with some of the conventional treatments in order to try and offset it. And every time she really starts to <clears throat> get her times down, she, comes back with these uh, repeated uh, problems on this left side. So mm -hmm. um, I had a look at, uh, we had a video there of her uh, uh, running. She's got obviously quite a, a decent anterior orientation, which I guess you would expect uh, from yeah. a sprinter. Yeah, for sure. Pretty, pretty flat through like the uh, pump handle down. So pushed fairly far. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. fairly far forward in, in uh, that respect. Um, it's it's uh, what I was uh, curious about was the, the, the statement you made in respect to the orientation. Can I, do, do you want me to read that comment out or do you want to do, do you want to? So, um, so let me, let me, let me back up and go to her rear. Okay. Let's see if I can get, there we go. <clears throat> so if you look at, you look at her rear foot. You see that? See the twist yeah. in the rear foot? Yeah, where are we talking on the on the uh, left, 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 left rear foot? You see my little arrow there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you appreciate the fact that you've got what would be represented as an inverted rear foot? Yes. Okay. So 
Um, if we look at how the, the, the muscles attach to the calcaneus, um, soleus will attach more medial to the gastro. Yeah. Okay. And so if, if we were playing a tug of war on the calcaneus, the soleus is winning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's an ER foot, right? And for her to run across the ground, she better be able to throw some IR into the ground, right? Yeah. How is she going to do it with a foot that does not IR at the septalar jump? Well, she's going to go further up. Well, she's going to go. She's going to go distal in her foot, right? So she's got to. Sorry, under my. It's very excited today. Um, so, so she's got to, she's got to apply IR uh, in front of where she would typically access it, right? So, subtalar joint would would traditionally pronate, unlocks the midfoot, and allows the foot to move through middle P, right? She's not going to do that, and she's got to apply that IR into the ground. So, what you're going to get is you're going to get an increase in the the anterior orientation. For sure. Okay. That's how she's going to apply the downforce. But she's applying a downforce in an ER representation, isn't she? Yes. And that would be less than ideal. Love you. Um, and, and so what she is continuing to do is apply stress to tissue in that circumstance. Right. So you, the, the, the solution um, is to reestablish her ability to apply IR into the ground below her center of gravity without the yeah, her, her hip measures weren't like horrendously different left to right. Fair, fairly okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, yeah. so let's back up. <clears throat> Do the two sides of her body look the same? No. Okay, so if you get the same measures in both hips, are you acquiring those measures in the same way? Probably not. Okay, so uh, do you have a squat picture of her? Uh, no, I've only got the I've got the running footage of her. I do not have a squat picture. Okay, no no worries here. No worries here. Um, uh, do you remember off the top of your head what her ER measures, their hip ER measures are? Uh, around around 50, 45, 50. Awesome. Okay. All right. So number one, we expect the anterior orientation, right? I, I would never expect to alleviate that entirely for someone that, that does what she does. Okay. Yeah. But can you appreciate the fact that the left side is ahead of the right side under this circumstance? Yes. Okay. So if you were measuring in a traditional manner, relative to the table and you're measuring a hip ER. Do you think that she has that early representation of external rotation on the left side based on this representation? No. Okay, so right away you're going like, okay, this is not even possible to have the same ER measures, but yet when I do a traditional measure, I get it. So what do you got? What's moving? Twisting. Just twisting, twisting on the table, spawn. 
Yeah, she's so 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 you're doing a left hip ER measure and then she's turning her spine towards you. Okay. Yeah. Not with relative motions, my friend. Right. You, you've got an anti orientation here. So so she's bending her spine to accommodate that that lack of range of motion. So when she's on the ground through her left foot, this is what I was saying um, in the explanation is that if you watch watch her ground contact of her left foot, she is oriented. So she would be accused of having a prolonged pronation in ground contact, okay? Right. Problem is, it's not, it's not a relative motion pronation of her foot, it's the orientation of her pelvis coming up and over to push down into the ground. So yeah, the, the 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 footage there actually, uh, when you see it, it's it, her foot and her uh, her foot orientation or her, her entire lower leg orientation. I think it's on that the end of that first clip that you just Hang showed. There. I, I gotta I gotta do this. Hang on, there we go. I just want to bring up the thingy so I can do the timeline. There we go. Yeah. So I'm going to try to capture her. Yeah. So she turns the whole. Okay. So, so there's her ground contact on the right side. Okay. And, and again, don't freak out that. So sprinters are always going to kind of look like they're ER because they're ER. <laughs> okay. okay. Right. Um, but you can see that she's coming off of her, her foot there. Hang on. Right. So you look at how long she's in this sort of middle P representation here, right before max P. It's very brief. And then you can see the, the um, if you drew a line up the calcaneus into her lower leg, relatively square, okay? To the, to the like to the vertical. Mm -hmm. And if we go to the left side, so there's her ground contact. There's her max P and then watch. There you go. See that? You see the tilt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's the orientation. So that's, so, and if you go up into, if you look at her pelvis, so she's got she's got a, a, the, the perfect outfit on because that light gray is very easy to see the lumbar compensation. Yeah. You see her low back turning to the, to, it's twisting her, her spine to the left to get her foot into this space. This is a yeah. lumbar compensation right, for her to land on the ground. And then she has to orient the pelvis forward over top of this to push down into the ground, which increases the time that she's on the ground on her left side. And so this is why you're seeing the, her center of gravity is way over her foot. And so she's pushing down through the, through the forefoot right now, but she's still applying IR into the ground. Like it's, it's a really long time to be applying IR to the ground. So, Worst case scenario, apply force downward into the ground in an ER representation, okay? That's the first part. The second part is do it for a really long time. Right? Hamstring strong. Oh, well, take, your, take your pick, but, <laughs> yeah. but this is a classic. This is a classic, right? Because all you gotta do is like, you have, you have to have one misstep and you can, you can strain a hamstring, right? you're a little too fatigued or whatever. So this is why, you know, you hear, uh, if, if you follow Charlie Francis's stuff at all, and I think, I think uh, Dan Pfaff, um, 
talks about this as well, where they're listening for the ground contact. Like you can hear the, the pitch and, the, and yeah. the duration of the ground contact. And so a high pitch sound when somebody's running across the ground means they're, they're, they're literally bouncing across the ground exactly the way you want. And as the sound gets louder and the sound gets longer and the pitch goes down, so it's actually a lower pitch to the, to the ground contact, you know that they're starting to fatigue and it's time to shut them down because they're spending too much time on the ground. Okay. okay. And so that's what you're seeing here. Okay. So, so essentially buying her some space back on the, on the left-hand side is going to be uh, yeah. of, of an advantage. Right. She, she can't, she can't turn inward with, with in, internal rotation relative motions to push into the ground. She's got to do it with a lumbar spine or like, so she's twisting her lumbar spine to get the ER that she does not have in the hip. Okay. And then she's orienting forward to push down. But, but in doing so that, those two moves take a lot of time. Yeah. And it, we're talking about relative here. It's like, she's incredibly fast. If she was running past you, you wouldn't even be able to see this difference probably. Yeah. You might be able to hear it. You might be able to hear it, but but I don't think you'd see. Yeah, okay. Okay? Okay. Does that make so sense? Is that, some, is that something that might likely require um, some manual work on the foot to restore some of that? some of that potentially lost movement um maybe maybe so so with the with the uh with the orientation and such that would be the 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 thing that you would probably have to figure out so so you would do your active intervention first right you yeah. give them an opportunity to make the changes that you want um if you don't get the relative motion back then you might need some some help okay right uh -huh. because the orientation might be just that strong right um, and then, you know, you've got the, you've got the, the same question that, that, you know, we were going through with Zach when we're talking about the, yeah. the insertional stuff. It's like, okay, is this a top down or bottom up? Right. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. Happy Monday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. Mm, that is really good. <sighs> Happy Monday. Um, got a busy one coming up, uh, but first, housekeeping item. IFAST University, we have a call at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today. If you are not a member of IFAST University and you would like to join us for this call, go to ifastuniversity.com, ifastuniversity.com. Get yourself uh, signed up and join us for that, that call today at 1 p.m. It's usually a great group of people, a lot of good questions uh, that, that come up in regards to training issues. Digging into today's Q&A, uh, this was Zach, and the, the the background of this question is in regards to Achilles tendinopathies, but it points us in a couple of directions that are that are useful and important. Um, distinguishing characteristics between, say, an insertional uh, Achilles tendinopathy, so this would be where the Achilles attaches directly to the calcaneus, versus something that would be in the mid tendon. Um, these are not necessarily the same um, result if you will, because of, this, if it's because of its location. And so we have to consider, do we have a top-down or a bottom-up scenario 
in, in these situations that we often will, will talk about. Um, but we also have to consider that all of your 99% stuff is the same stuff. So it's gonna behave the same way, but it's going to provide us information as to where the greatest tension and pressures are arising from. And therefore we would have to consider that. So if you have an insertional problem in the calcaneus, we have to look at the bony adaptations as well. We can't just blame the Achilles tendon for, for the problem. And so again, thank you, Zach. This is gonna be a great question um, for those folks that are dealing with such an issue or treating such an issue. Everybody have an outstanding Monday and I'll see you tomorrow. Um, so I don't have a um, specific patient to attach this question to context wise, um, but one of the athletic trainers here was just kind of asking me yesterday um, about one of her basketball players that has had what they've diagnosed as like insertional Achilles tendonitis and it's been like going on for like a year now and just really with no improvement. Um, so that kind of just okay, got so that, that probably isn't it. Hang on. Probably not an itis at this point, huh? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Fair, fair point. <laughs> um, in terms of just like conceptualizing within the model, the difference between like insertional pain versus like mid portion within the Achilles, like I'm thinking back to school and like we were never really provided with a reason as like why one pain might show up in one location versus the other. It's kind of just like a couple of considerations from a treatment standpoint. Um, but like, if I'm just even trying to like make assumptions about this presentation before even like seeing this person, yeah. if they're at the point where they're getting insertional pain, yep. would that be indicative that the bend has made it like all the way down to the calcaneus as opposed to the twist just through the soft tissue? And there you go. That, that young man is a brilliant statement. So yes. Yep. Yep. It's like you know, I I I wear this this uh, analogy out, but the twisted towel thing is just like the best little representation as to what's going on, right? Two people holding the towel. One person starts to twist it until you feel it on the other hand, right? It's not there yet. So there you go. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. So, so right away, you got to start thinking, it's like, all right, um, how far into the foot is this behavior? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, it's like, and if, and if they, if they're, if they're still treating the site, if you will, right, they're not taking advantage of this understanding. It's like the site is kind of telling you how far into this thing, right? And now you got to start thinking, it's like, okay, is this proximal, distal, distal, proximal? Yep. And then that's going to give you a tremendous amount of information as to what to do next. Yep. Because there's a lot of stuff that you could do that may give temporary symptomatic relief. I mean, like, just get tension off of that spot. You're going to get some symptomatic relief. To resolve it, it's going to require some strategy. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you got to yeah, top, top down and bottom up, it's going to be different. Yeah, I, I guess I've I've had people come in who like the I guess I'm trying to figure out if like if the insertional is the progression in a sense off of like the mid portion presentation from like a space time standpoint. Uh huh. Um, 
and there may not be an answer for this, but like, how come like there, there are people who their first pain complaint is that they feel it at the insertion, like they don't go through the progression of feeling like, uh, like it started her in the mid portion and now like it's, it's <clears throat> made its way down to the heel or like yeah. it just kind of shows up. Um, so I'm trying to figure out like why it wouldn't have reached threshold for them to notice it before then. Well, which way did it go? That's what I'm saying, right? Um, <clears throat> you know how we talk about the difference between the orientation process and a wide versus a narrow? Mm -hmm. What's the difference? So narrow be top down, wide, bottom up. All right, well, that, I guess that would... <laughs> I really, really hate you sometimes. <laughs> well, it, so she, she, she plays the four or five on the basketball team, so I'm maybe uh -huh. something, and she's one of like the bigger girls. So, um, so yeah, it's track. Yeah, yeah. So you start thinking, you start, so you start thinking bottom up, don't you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you might be Almost wrong. Like you talked about Maybe iterations before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this, you know, you think, you think about like, not just this person, but, 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 you know, patients in general, it's like you, you, you're looking for, you're looking for a sequence of events, right? So you can reverse engineer it. And sometimes you just blind luck, you do pretty well. <clears throat> but if you can understand the process here, you're going to be a lot more yeah. successful.